the jolt. This is the jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. That was Tavares with Heaven. Heaven must be missing an angel. What a morning! I'm Larry Flick, and this is The Jolt on Sirius XM OutQ. It's old school Friday. Great songs from the 70s every Friday morning. We want to thank Hawk Kincaid for stopping by. Keith, you really need to see him get down. It I was, wish you had a periscope done. It was, I just could not think fast enough. Um, <laughs> but it was something else, Mr. Mr. Hawk Kincaid. I mean, hands in the air. You know when, when a boy dances with his hands over his head, right? The party is on. The party is on because it means he is down with the get down. <laughs> uh, I, a, I remember when the, when the rhythm would just get you. Ooh. I know. So <laughs> our goal is to see if we can get Clay Aiken's hands above his head. And doubt, doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it my best shot, baby. And doubtful. <laughs> I got a bad back. <laughs> Chair dancing is a good thing. Just like uh, he was like, like so Clay is here. So good to see good you. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Back. Oh my gosh! And he's like Clay. Clay. He's like he's like mm-hmm. not in any kind of like all dressed down. Oh no! Not, I totally dressed down for you. Today. He's not in promo drag. He's like Clay. It's fabulous. <laughs> it makes me feel promo drag. But you know, no suit. You look like you look like Clay. You I look, look like, like I just. I look like I just walked here, which I practically did. Well, we're really appreciating your time. Absolutely. You're, you, you, you know you're one of our favorite people. And uh, and what a great, great time to grab someone who's really invested in all of us living a good, in fact, better life. So um, uh, Clay's going to be with us today, and, and we're going to get him, drag him up here uh, you know, once or twice next week to talk about the Supreme Court rulings. But, you know... You were among the people I was thinking about when uh, when the news in South Carolina broke because you are a a, a Southern gentleman mm-hmm. and uh, and um, you've worked so hard to bring a certain kind of unity to that part of the the country that is clearly still in dire need. So wh- how did you how how have you been processing the news from South Carolina? Um, you know, I think my first reaction, I think, is similar to what too many people in the countries has been, which is, again, you know, which is yet again, here we go again. You know, how many months do we, are we now getting used to every three months, every four months, this type of thing happens. My, this one is, is, is somewhat more poignant. My, one of my best friends um, ever, one of my background singers, been with me for, for years and a friend even before that um lives in charleston she uh her husband or i'm sorry her boyfriend <laughs> they'll kill me if i said that <laughs> they, they don't want that yet um her her boyfriend is um uh is a police officer in charleston and was called to the scene and was there and she texted me actually bef- before a lot of the information hit the news i had i had found out from her that this had happened and um and so you know it's devastating even more so because we're we're constantly reminded that it gets a lot closer to our own lives every time yeah uh, in some ways and um uh one of the state senators from north carolina who ran for congress last year um same time i ran for congress in a different district obviously um uh his sister was one of the victims and was killed and so uh it gets closer and closer um to each of us and so you know i think there's obviously this discussion that nobody i mean that about about access to guns and if one more person tells me you know if i hear one more person say this wouldn't have happened if the people there had had guns 
I'm going to scream. I mean, seriously, it was a church. So are we now supposed to bring guns into churches? If you think that they should have had gun with them in their church, then you're sort of missing the point of the prayer meeting, folks. Thank you. And that's and and, and of all the places, of all the places. Well, I mean, they were seeking, to my mind, sanctuary from the thing that ultimately took them. From right. my point of view, they were seeking sanctuary from the harshness of the world, and they were embracing their spirit and embracing their faith and looking for serenity and peace. That's how I interpret what happens at you know a, a, a conversation of, of people discussing the Bible. They're 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 leaving the darkness outside for a little while. Well, it's it's you're you're completely right there, but it's also you know it's just this frightening reminder of. You know, prior to Oklahoma City, prior to 9-11, no one, everyone thought they were safe at work, you know? Yeah. And then we realize, you know, those many years ago, we're not really safe at work necessarily. We don't know where we're safe ourselves, but at least our kids are safe at school. And then we have a thing like Newtown happen and we realize, holy crap, maybe our kids are not safe at school anymore. And, but we can be safe at church. And now this, this monster has really taken away not only the lives of these nine people and taken them away from their families, but it's taken away the security that all of us thought we still had. I mean, these are, these are not, you know, I thought, I don't know if you saw John Stewart last night. Yeah. But I thought he, you know, he summed it up beautifully and tragically by saying, you know, we're going to talk about this today. Um, and then we're all going to be sad for a few days and then nobody's going to do anything. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, I even noticed today as I was attempting to make it here on time, I noticed today I'd look at my Facebook page and a lot of the, a lot of the tough discussion that needs to be had in this country, it's being had by folks like John Stewart. But even us as individuals, we don't often have the balls to say the things we need to say. We're happy. We're more than happy to retweet something that someone braver said. We're happy to repost something that someone braver said. But very rarely are we willing to, to, to say things that need to be said because we don't want to be in the line of fire. And I think that there's a problem on all sides of the aisle, on all sides of the discussion where people aren't necessarily either willing to listen or willing to respect the opinions or the questions even of other folks. And so we, if, if, you know, I think that's the first thing that we need to fix. And I hope that, you know, I I hate that something like this has to happen for people to even have the discussion. But the problem is, as John Stewart said, this time next week, will we still be talking about it? I don't know. I hope so. It's Clay Aiken joining us. And so how how does this, in, in, in your life, how does this uh, affect your, your MO? Because as you were, as you were ticking through the list of, of incidents, I'm thinking, okay, um, hmm, he's a dad. We're not here to talk about your, your son, but you have a son who's old enough to go to school now. That would scare the shit out of me, especially if uh, if I were famous. Um, you're from you're from the South, where you. Th- I mean, I always think of places like South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. 
I think of these places as being safer than New York City. Well, listen, you we, we do. do we have to stop. I mean, I'm not giving you shit for it, but no, we do give me all to, the shit you want. No, I want to hear I, what you trust think. me. I will if, it, if, it, <laughs> if it's warranted, you'll get it. But um, you know, I do think that we do have this, and I'm not defending my home state necessarily, but we've got to get out of this mindset where racism exists in the South and not anywhere else. See, I'm not talking about racism. No, 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 I'm no, talking I, about violence. Well, well, violence exists everywhere too. I mean, you look at Newtown and yeah. and where that happened yeah. 9-11 was here we had shootings in Colorado I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It, it exists everywhere we can't pretend that this particular one was not racially motivated. Of course and, it mean, was. We all know, well, I'd say we all know that. There's some people across the street from here, from the studio here uh, who, who tried yesterday. I don't Christians. know if you saw Fox News. Yeah, Fox, we are right across the street from Fox News, Fox News yesterday tried to pretend they that tried it was They tried to say this. it was a mental illness. And, well, they, and then they said, well, I think it was a hate crime against Christians. He was mm-hmm. like, it wasn't racist. Well, you know what? He, he wasn't. He didn't pick a white church. You no, know. he didn't. He, um, I mean, and, and he said things. He said things very clearly that, that said that he was yeah, yeah, yeah. wanted to. He's been a part of, of hate groups against uh, uh, black Americans for years in his life. So, you know, the thing that, that, that frightens me even more, and I was thinking about it this morning, too, and, you know, as, as gay men, we think about it this way. I, I think even, I mean, as a white man, I hope that racial issues in this country will continue to get better as quote and we've all said it at some point you know these people who hate these people who are homophobic these people who are racist they're older as they die off we won't have the problem anymore folks he was 19 i was just saying this a few hours ago because there are young people who are still susceptible and suggestible by those people. They're not dying off fast enough, no. I guess well, is what I'm saying. Not, well, that's true. They're not dying off, they're not dying off Someone, fast enough, and they're leaving a trail well, of right. hatred behind the them. Legacy, to... The legacy will live on. It may be a smaller legacy, but it will live on. This is a boy. It's, it's also perpetuated, regardless of what, you know, regardless of race or, or uh, sexual orientation or what, Hatred is often perpetuated by, I mean, we all know it's perpetuated by ignorance. So education system, we could talk about for hours if you wanted to, but um, it's perpetuated also by poverty. You know, these, a lot of these issues are at the root of them caused by people who are impoverished, who don't have, who don't feel like they have any chance of any hope of success. Right. And then they lash out. I mean, in, in some cases, these people turn to crime. They turn, turn to, to, to shooting other folks. I mean, they, they, we've got a, it's a, there's a race issue for sure, but how do you fix somebody's, how do you fix the way people think about another race? I don't have the answer to that. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 don't, know I, 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 I don't think anybody necessarily has the answer to that. So what can we fix? What know. can we address? We need to address poverty in this country. We need to address people's opportunities in this country. We need to address um, the, the upward mobility in this country. And if we can do that, I think that's, I think that's a small but very important step towards fixing some of the other ignorances it's a good if point. If that makes any sense. It makes Absolutely. perfect sense. The other thing that uh, I was thinking about um, earlier today and would love to hear your, your thoughts on is um, as a gay man, I felt, I, I felt not pure empathy because I'm a white gay man, and I, so I can't feel pure empathy, but I felt, I felt a pang of, of fear because... It's the same kind of thing that could have happened. That could have been a gay bar. Mm-hmm. 
the day after the Supreme Court ruling comes down saying that everybody has to have the freedom to get married. And it's it's documented that bias crimes spike when the laws begin to fall in our favor. During the year of uh, the Windsor-Doma vote, uh, verdict, hate crimes in, in New York City in particular went up you know, almost 30%. Um, did you have any reaction to, are you having any reaction to this story as a gay man? Well, I mean, I, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I didn't, I'm sure none of us really did think of it immediately and say, well, well I didn't I think of it immediately. But, we, but, but, we do, but we do have to think, I mean, like I said earlier, it could be any of us. It could have been yeah. any one of us at any time. Um, and yes, Muslims are targeted. It Gays are targeted. A, it could be a Planned Parenthood. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. there there are there are a lot of folks who, lacking a solid argument, lacking a a a real fact based position to back up their feelings, mm. you know, lash out. You know, I mean. I hate to I hate to use this analogy because it sounds like I'm giving some defense to anyone who would commit some sort of heinous crime. But the truth is, when we feel as individuals backed into a corner, when we feel, then what do we do? We swing. You have no other choice but to to swing. And a lot of folks, a lot of folks who have those positions that I consider to be ignorant, um, sometimes unfortunately they feel like well they have no other choice. I mean this particular person who whose name i'm not going to say no we won't um, say it either uh this particular person his arguments were that he felt that that black people were doing I'm, i hate to even repeat his words but he he felt that they he, they were doing something and he needed to quote cleanse the world i think was was a was a phrase he used um you know that that argument lacks no basis in fact it lacks nothing it's nothing but ignorance and and it's so narcissistic insanity. um but people who have these extreme views on both sides, but people increasingly on the far, far extreme hatred side, we'll call it, mm -hmm. um, they, they, and, and since they are very, since they are hugging onto those guns real hard, they use them. Um, you know, it's, so yeah, do I think about it as a gay man that I could simply be a target? Sure. Um, you know, I've said before, and I hate I hate it because it, it makes me feel a little guilty, but, you know, I do find that oftentimes I get a cloak that other folks don't get because of being famous. People tend to not treat me the same way they do other folks, and I, I hate that in some ways. But, but um, you know, it certainly could happen to anyone who I know um, and, and could easily happen to me. So, uh, I mean, again... The, the question has to be what can be done about it, you know, as a as a from a policy perspective, I recognize the need um, or I recognize the right to own guns, regardless of what my personal position may be, what anybody's personal position may be. It is enshrined in the Constitution, in the Bill of Rights, that we have the right to bear arms. Now, we take those rights away from felons. Where in the Constitution does it say that I mean, you can take the rights of gun ownership away? No, it says the rights to the of, of the individual to keep and bear arms. Um, so we, we find places where we can take this right away. 
it's interesting to me sometimes that we act like this right to bear arms is universal and you can it allows you to own an automatic weapon because that's obviously what Thomas Jefferson and the founding fathers and James Madison were thinking when they put this together. Exactly. Or they, were they were clearly thinking of shoulder, you know, launched <laughs> missiles. So we we act like it's it's this universal everyone should have the right to have guns at all times anytime they want because the constitution says so but when it when it's convenient for us we're willing to take those rights away we'll take the rights away from from felons we'll take the rights away from people in certain areas so we're okay with certain conveniences well let's make up our minds it's possible the constitution allows us to take that right away from folks when it benefits or keeps the rest of the population safe. We need to have a real hard, long look at what's keeping America safe right now. Um, and and, and if, if people, anyone who says it's okay to take the rights of gun ownership, take the right of gun ownership away from someone who is a convicted felon is not a purist, right? Well, if you're not a purist, well, let's talk, damn it about the fact that we need to start restricting certain types of guns. We need to start restricting guns in certain areas. North Carolina has just in the last few years passed a law that allows you to take guns into pu public parks, take guns into bars. Give me a break. We, we, we are loosening gun laws in certain states around this country at a time when we need to be tightening them. And that'll piss off a lot of people, but I don't give a damn. Um, because we, we've got to, we have laws in New York City right now that make it more difficult to carry a gun. That's it. If you look at if you yeah. look at countries around the if you look at countries around the, I watched this show on uh, uh, on Netflix not too long ago, Happy Valley. Um, have you seen it? Yeah, yes. so good, so good. Oh. People should watch it. But it highlights the fact: if you watch that show, did you? Does it? So you've seen it. I've, yeah. So does it baffle you? Know they don't. The cops don't carry guns in England, no. right? No, they don't. The cops don't even carry guns. They're not allowed to. They're not. Well, they don't. Well, they also don't need to because guns are not legal. Now, are we going to go that so far in this country to say that that guns are completely illegal like they are in England? Not in my lifetime, probably. No. no. But you can't get past the fact that if you, you cannot make the argument to me that we're safer with guns when you're talking about a country that has restrictions on, on gun ownership, strict, 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 strict restrictions on gun ownership, and apparently has so little gun crime, their cops don't even need to carry guns. Right. Um, this woman running around with a nightstick, like she's going to stop. Let her come to New York City with just a nightstick and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. You know? <laughs> you know? In Harlem. Yes. Good, yes. Good luck system. Oh, so, my goodness. So, so, so restricting gun ownership has an effect in dozens of countries around the world. We, we're, we've got this macho attitude in America. Oh, yeah. We've got this macho attitude in America that nobody can do it as good as we can. Um, I think that there is a shit ton that no one can do as well as America. Yeah. But we can't be that cocky little some bitch in the corner who thinks that we do everything best and we can't learn anything from anyone else. Because what happens to that kid? Yeah. Oftentimes gets his ass beat. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's Clay Aiken, and we are going to continue chatting with him. It's good, right? Going to keep chatting with him here on The Jolt. 
That was Yvonne Elliman with If I Can't Have You from, you know where that's from, right? Saturday Night Fever. It's uh, 33 past the hour on this Friday morning, old school Friday, June 19th. I'm Larry Flick, and you're listening to The Jolt on Sirius XM LQ. We play great songs from the 70s every Friday morning. It's fun, right? Kind of helps you blow off a little steam, de-stress. We're spending time this hour with our friend Clay Aiken, who um, we were just talking uh, about the uh, the events of this day of uh, South Carolina uh, with him. And um, he will be uh, he's uh, joining us also to talk about the uh, imminent rulings from the Supreme Court. Are you optimistic? Um, I think I'm as optimistic as we should all be. Um, I think, and that, and that's not as optimistic as as most people want me to be. You know, um, I think that I think it's very interesting. The court split the question and split the case into two questions, and and I, you know, it, it, you can't read the tea leaves with these folks. I mean, you, it's no, it's, you really it's really difficult. The Obamacare decision that happened, you know, several years ago that upheld Obamacare, Justice Roberts surprised everyone and and sided with. Uh, you know, to uphold Obamacare and allow it to be um, uh, law. Uh, no one saw that coming. Um, I, 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 I don't worry because at the end of the day, I have no doubt that everyone in this country, every state in this country will have to recognize uh, same-sex marriage. Um, do, I, do I feel 100% confident that every state in this country will have to perform same-sex marriage? No. Um, I think that there's a, I think there's a strong chance that they'll split the baby and say, listen, we, you know, look at certain certain in certain states, your first cousins are allowed to marry. Right. Yeah. And in certain states, they're not. Um, we have historically allowed the states to decide who they are going to perform marriages for. Um, and and that's been upheld. Uh, with whether it be you know familial relations like like cousins or age requirements in Georgia, a fifteen year old can get married. A fifteen year old can't get married in other states. So we have we have allowed those things to happen in states in the past. Um, do I want them to come back and, and do, do I do I believe that? This situation is like those. No, I think this situation is like Loving v. Virginia. I think it's a it's a, a equal rights situation and i believe that they should say that every state must perform marriages between people of the same sex um but am i confident they're going to do that no and i you know i i want to i want to prepare myself for what i believe is the worst case scenario because i do strongly believe that that they are going to require that all states recognize it. I mean, you can't just because first cousins can get married in one state, they can still come to another state and it's recognized. So so they're not going to go there. But I think that so I think our worst case scenario is that they're going to be recognized in every state and and, and I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. Why why would they if 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 the if they're the internal temperature of the court isn't to isn't to just make it the law of the land. Why would they hear these cases? Why would they do this? Why would they entertain well, a lot this of, another time? Well, a lot of cases ended up being. I mean, actually, in in ways, there was there was a fear 
the one of the reasons that it didn't get picked up was not because of the cons- uh, conservative justices not wanting to hear it. It was because the the progressive, the liberal justices didn't want to hear it because they didn't think there were the votes there. In order to grant, cert, in order to actually grant cert to a case, you have to have four of the nine say we want to hear the case. Okay, yeah. only four, and they don't all have to say it. Only four of the nine have to say they want to hear a case. Um, and a lot of the progressive judges, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ah, let me try to say that name one more time. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was one of those who said, "I don't think the court's ready to hear this this uh, marriage case yet." Um, she was she was worried for several years, and I think the reason was. She and Sotomayor and Breyer were not, and, and Kagan were not voting for cert because they weren't ready, sure that they were gonna that it was gonna pass. And there were people like Thomas and Scalia who were more than willing to grant cert to certain cases like this because they knew. Listen, let's mm-hmm. vote for it now because the truth is usually Supreme Court won't take up the case again for decades. I mean, they haven't taken up a a, a real. Real challenge to Roe v. Wade in decades, even though it's a very hot button issue, and there are probably five justices on the bench right now who would overrule it, overturn it, if if they took it. So, um, the court moves very slowly, and I think that they just even the even the progressives on the court have a tendency to not want to react too quickly, and so I think they they heard the case because. For some reason, well, they heard this one specifically because there was a difference in opinion. You know, you had all these cases, all these federal courts for for years even, but especially in the most recent months, overturning these state bans on on same-sex marriage. Overturn, overturn, overturn. They didn't pick the case up. Uh, when they went to when it went to the Supreme Court, because they said, "Well, listen, everybody's agreeing. What do we? What what?" conflict do we have and then when the circuit court i think the sixth circuit court in kentucky and indiana disagreed with all those others the supreme court recognized listen we have no choice we have to do something now um but uh you know i don't know how calculated that type of thing is you know i think there are a lot of folks around the country who wanted the supreme court to take it i tell you i honestly believe that there are republicans right now running for president running for senate running for whatever they're running for who are so hoping that the Supreme wanted the Supreme Court to take this case, and I think there are people in the on the Republican ticket, um, on the GOP ticket, right now, who really hope the Supreme Court rules in favor of same-sex marriage. Why? Because then they won't have to talk about it anymore. Ah, you know, bingo. as long as it's as long as it's a. I mean, now we're in the middle of a primary, so it'll be interesting to see in the next few weeks which which candidates in the GOP primary after the Supreme Court finds it to be legal, um, rail against it and say, get rid of the judges. I mean, Rick Santorum's not going to roll over, you know, on this issue. No. But it'll be very interesting to see which folks like Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, finally say, listen, the court has spoken and, you know, that's that's just how it is for now and how they spin it. But I think there are a lot of Republicans who would really like this shit to just be over so they don't have to keep making it a, their their campaigns about it. Um, and I think you'll see I think you'll find that the ones who um, the person who wins the Republican nomination will eventually whoever that ends up being will start saying, listen, the court has spoken. The court has made the decision. Let's move on. That's going to be the Republican line. And being able to use the fact that if I'm president, then I will be able to pick Supreme Court justices yes, who yes, might yeah. be able to turn that around if need be. Listen, I've said for, for many years, the most important power that the Supreme the president has is selecting Supreme Court justices. Yeah. And we, I mean, we have a very weak 
presidential seat. I don't want to say we have a very weak president because I don't sound like I'm saying our current president's weak. But we do have the way our government's set up. The president is not a very strong position. You know, it's the person who is in control of the military and it's the person who enacts the laws. But the laws are made by the legislative branch. The amount of money that we spend is determined by the legislative branch. The people have more power specifically through our legislative branch. What the president does have the power to do is determine these judicial uh, seats, federal bench, um, Supreme Court and on down. And there is a lot of power there and there's a lot of uh, influence. And I say to folks all the time, you know, you may not agree with, I mean, I've, I said this all year last year when I was a Democrat. You don't, we're not going to agree with every, I'm not going to agree with every Democrat on everything. I'm not. Um, I'm going to find things. I do find things that I agree with Republicans on sometimes. Um, but at the end of the day, the person who's in that seat is going to be the person who determines whether or not rulings like Citizens United get overturned, mm-hmm. where there's so much money in politics because of that, um, whether Roe v. Wade is is secure, whether or not same-sex marriage is legal. That person has the power to to. So who do I want sitting in the president's seat? I want someone sitting in the president's seat who sitting in the White House who has the same values that I do and recognizes money doesn't belong in politics and corporations aren't people. And so these seats are important. So um, Clay can joining us here on the Jolt. It's uh, 43 past the hour. Are you no longer a Democrat? Oh, no, I'm a Democrat. Oh, I, 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 I thought you said when I was a Democrat. And I no, thought, well, I, I said when he's... I was campaigning. No, I oh, guess okay. when I was campaigning. I thought, I said it wrong. What happened? Thank you for saving me. Thank you for, <laughs> what thank happened? You for letting me clean what that happened? up. What happened? What happened? What happened? He didn't say he was he a Republican. <laughs> no. But I do find things that I agree with Republicans on. I do, too. I absolutely do. I do, and too. I I, that, I, 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 I be naive to not think well, that see, there's something good out of both sides. I think it's naive to think that all Democrats are A, liberal, or B, pro-gay, or C... Uh, I'm definitely pro-gay. <laughs> are you? <laughs> you know what? We have, because of all this money in politics, though, we have gotten to a point where if you want to get elected, and I, listen, I saw this when I, was, when I was running. The DCCC, these bodies that are in charge, the DCCC, the, the Republican counterpart, the RSCC, the DSCC, these bodies in Congress that are, that are there specifically to elect people from their own party, they've got so much money. And if you don't line up right behind the leader, and I mean, we're it's sort of becoming a parliamentary system where where you don't necessarily vote for your person for Congress anymore. You vote for the person who's going to support the the leader, and and I think that's wrong. I mean, I I don't agree with Nancy Pelosi on everything. Um, there are things that I could probably find that you know that I might agree with John Boehner on in some in some ways, um, and their place I don't agree with either one of them. But we've gotten we do have a system now where our houses of Congress, House and Senate, are this side versus that side, and yeah. each leader is lauded for how well they were able to hold their party in line. Yeah. And Nancy Pelosi was was uh, was cheered because she was able to keep all the Democrats voting exactly the same way. Well, I ain't going to do that if I'm there at, at some point um, all the time. And so, uh, and that again, a lot of that has to do with money. Don't get me started with money in politics, because the fact that there's so much money in politics is what allows these parties to have so much power. So, are you... Preparing to run again? No. Will you, I, will you ever run again? I, I think it, I, th- I think it's probably in the future. Certainly. Yeah. You know, I, I I I ran last time because I saw a specific need. I saw a specific deficiency in the area where I lived, 
and I saw someone who was the caricature almost of all the things about politics these days that I don't like. Um, and so I ran for a very specific purpose because that area was being screwed over by someone who really couldn't find her way to half of it mm. if she tried. Um, it, do I think I'm going to find deficiencies in government at a different time in the future? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you're seeing um, them right, I see them right now. Speak. Yeah. I, I see them right now. But but do I do I find that I have an urge to run right now? For example, the guy who's the, the current senator from North Carolina, um, Richard Burr, uh, he's up for reelection um, in 2016 um, for his third term. He's a Republican. Um do I agree with him on many things? No. Um, do I think that he's there for more altruistic reasons than a lot of folks are? Yes. Um, you know, I wouldn't run against him because I think I think it, it, as Republicans go, I think he's a pretty good one. He was actually one of the few Republicans who voted to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He was one of only three, I think, who, because North Carolina is such a military-heavy state, he spoke to the folks in the military. Mm -hmm. They wanted to repeal it, and he said, you know what? If the military wants to repeal it, I'll vote to repeal it, too. He stepped out against his party on that. Um, he's the chairman of the Intelligence Committee right now, which scares me a little bit because he's all about tapping shit and, uh, and wiring your, bugging your phones. But but um, but as Republicans go, I think he's, he's decent, and, and so... That doesn't make me want to run against someone. That doesn't make me see the need for a change, like an emergency change in, in my state. So not there. But there are certainly places that I think we need to do better. And, and I would be lying if I told you I was not going to run again at some point. I just don't know where that is right now. Um, so what for you, from your point of view, is the um, what's your what's what's your issue of primary interest right now money money in politics is just i mean it's the it is the root of all evil in this in this government um you know there are a lot of issues that i you know have have would like to see changes in i think the education system needs a complete scrapped rake it pilot burn it and start over in some places um we need to overhaul the education system i think i think we talked a little bit earlier about poverty and how the income inequality in this country and the inability of people to change their state status in life you know the the why why do i why do we all everyone in this room why do we follow the rules why do we follow the law well because i don't want to get my shit taken from me by the government i don't want to go to jail you know i've been watching orange is the new black and, and of course, I watch a lot of Netflix. Clearly, there was there was a there was a character who got released and said, you know, she was better off in jail. When you live in a situation, when you are raised in a situation where you don't know where your next meal's coming from, where or you don't know whether or not you're going to get kicked out, you don't know how you're going to feed your kid, your motivation to do to follow the rules and follow the law is lower. You know, so we've got a we've got to address the income inequality in this in this country because it affects crime levels. It affects I mean, it affects people's ability to eat. I mean, income inequality is an issue. But my point is, none of those things are going to get fixed. None of them. None of them. If we don't get money out of politics, because every decision that is made and I know this from 
every decision that is made is made in the memo section of a check from a PAC or a corporation. And when my entire campaign last year, people wanted me to spend 40 hours a week or more asking for money. And I would find my 40 hours a week asking for money. A lot of, that is the priority. That that's is the priority. Job. It's a full-time job to ask for money. And listen, right now in Congress, you're not allowed to call and ask people for money from the from from the Capitol building. So the DCCC has a building right next door so that during the day, congressmen and women are expected to go over to the DCCC, use one of those tiny rooms, and just sit and call and ask for money. Why the really? fuck are you not doing your job and instead you're asking for money? That is obscene. Yes. Why did wow. I, how, how many people wow. knew that? I did not know that. Right, and, and they got the building specifically right next door so it wouldn't they be too walk. far a walk for them to leave their offices. I just said the F word, sorry. Um, <laughs> you're allowed to say whatever you want here. <laughs> they, they are allowed to leave their offices and go sit in little rooms at the DCCC's building yeah. and call and ask for money. This is the Democrat. Now, the Republicans do it too, but I've got to give the Democrats shit for it also. this You're supposed to be legislating. You're supposed to be talking to other people. No. What do they do when they're asking people for money? And when they ask them for money, trust me, I've been on these calls many, many times. When they ask them for money, what do the folks on the other end of the line say? Well, you know, it's no quid pro quo necessarily, but there's, well, you know, I feel this way about Israel and Iran. How do you feel about that? And if you don't give the answer they want, you don't get the money. Well, what's more important, doing what's right or getting donations to your campaign? For way too many people, it's getting donations to their I'll campaign. Bet. For I'll way, bet. way, 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 for, I'd say 90%, it's so, getting donations. So how does that not, I mean, does, does all of this then feed your you know, a potential Don Quixote complex? Or, or why has this not <laughs> soured you? Um, well, it pisses me off. But there's a difference between being pissed off. That That's where Don Quixote comes from. That doesn't necessarily sour you. I mean, like, that would, I, I, I wonder if that would embitter me and make me say, fuck this. You know, well, uh, let's go back to what we were talking about earlier and, and, and the situation in Charleston and what Jon Stewart said last night. He said, yeah. you know what? The truth is we're all going to talk about it for a while and then we're not going to do anything. Well, I'm kind of pissed at that, too. I'm kind of sick of that, too. Am I, as one person, going to go into Congress and change the money thing? No, but I'm going to probably do, you know, you might be able to have some effect. I guess I guess my point is I'm sick of sitting around on my own and not doing anything. I don't right. know what the answer is. Clearly, clearly the people of the 2nd District did not believe that the best <laughs> thing for me to do was to go to Congress. Um, but, uh, or, or more people than, than, than uh, that showed up to vote, at least. Um, so I'm. I mean, I'm going to do something. I, yeah, it pisses me off. But the truth is, if we don't do something, whether that be run or that be talk about it a lot, or um, or come in and sit down with y'all and bitch about it more, and hopefully get people to recognize this is a problem. Money is an abstract issue for folks when they think about government. Yeah. No one. Money's not very sexy when it comes to why am I going to vote. The se- the things that push people to the polls are are the social issues, same sex marriage, abortion, or the military issues, fighting ISIS, etc. Or occasionally the the immigration issue things like that those those social issues and occasionally fiscal issues like the debt which is which is emboldened the tea party to to vote against their own best interests but um <laughs> people don't go and vote because their candidate supports finance reform 
you know, because right. that's just not a sexy issue. And I think it's not a sexy issue because I don't think people see the tangible effect in their life. Education is not necessarily the type of issue that people always vote on too much because the payoff for education is down the road. You know, we invest a lot of money in education today and then 15, 10, 15 years from now, we start seeing more people get into college without loans. They're not having to, they're able to get jobs and not be $100,000 in debt. So, Campaign finance is one of those things where you're not going to see a payoff right away, but if we can change campaign finance, if we can get these campaigns either publicly financed or we can make restrict or put limits on the amount of money that corporations are allowed to put into campaigns, I think we end up seeing a, I think we end up end up seeing a a change in better government. And I, I don't know if that's going to start on a federal level, if a federal level, or if one state like Vermont probably is going to you know outlaw money in, in campaigns, um, and we'll see, oh, look, they've got better government, so now let's see another state do it, and now we start seeing as a country, look, these states that don't have, that do have campaign finance reform end up in better shape, but I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's only going to happen if I keep running my mouth and a whole bunch of other people keep running their mouths, too. Well, we're glad you're running your mouth here. Clay Aiken, thank you for coming to see us today. Absolutely. It's thank you. so good to see you. He's going to come back uh, very, very soon, hopefully sometime next week, to talk more going to be good so uh have an awesome they're gonna all run away don't tell them that no like i don't want to be preached to damn it no 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 no. so so uh so so clay thank you again thank you all for visiting with us today we hope you have an awesome weekend check out field of spin starting today at two in the east 11 in the west and uh, again sunday same time we'll see you monday morning